Hi, this is C. Northington Purdy, and this is Starting Your Teaching Career. Whether you're just starting or still teaching after 10, 20, even 30 years, great teachers are eternal students, and I've got information that you might not have gotten in the past or has changed since the past. Today, we're going to talk about parent-teacher conferences and establishing positive relationships with parents. Parenting has changed over the years, and perhaps some of the things that you would discuss with parents when you first started teaching are no longer allowed or are no longer apply. So we're going to just talk about the do's and don'ts of parent-teacher conferences. So let's dive in. Let's dive in. Parent-teacher conferences are kind of frightening if you've never done it before or if you've had previous uh, situations that did not go well. But don't give up on it because parents' involvement is a great predictor of student success. You can always, for example, you can always tell, those of you who are, t- are, are teaching now, you can tell a student who has been read to whose parents read to them because they're more interested in reading than a, per, than a child who has not been read to. You can, I can always tell a student whose parent is involved because they don't take the education for granted as much. So it's, it's a win-win for everybody. If you can communicate with your parents in a way that they can understand and that they can be on your side working with you. So with that in mind, I'll say this. When you schedule your conference, make sure you have a really good reason because most people work and the hours that they work would probably frighten you. Being a teacher, the hours that other people have to work in order to make ends meet are not like your hours. So if you're going to, if they're going to stay out from work for a few hours or or not get paid even, it, it, it should be for a really good reason. It should not be just to introduce yourself. All right. The school, most public schools now have a designated evening for that where you can meet the teacher. Don't let your your meeting be about that. Respect their time. With that being said, um, you want to make sure that you uh, send your send an invitation to the meeting. Calling is not enough because if, if if your house is chaotic, let's say, and some teacher calls you on the phone and, and your, your kids are throwing bananas across the room or whatever, you can't remember what you talked about with that teacher. So the best thing to do, try to do something in writing. Um, snail mail is not as popular as it used to be, but you can use that. Um, you can send a letter home saying we'd like to meet with you to discuss your child's courses for next year or whatever. Um, or you can use email or you can use text messaging. And some schools have a text message program that they all use for the teachers. And I'm seeing more and more of that across the United States. And it's great. All right. So if you want to you want to schedule the meeting because you want to um, outline a success plan for students going forward, that's great. If you want to have a meeting to uh, because to address a problem that was behavior behavioral, that's fine. Uh, there, there are a lot of reasons, but make sure they're good reasons. Okay. Now let's talk about communication because you are a teacher and because you worked really hard to get certified, et cetera, you really are the expert. 
You are. You're the expert. You know more about your subject. Unless that parent is a teacher of your subject, they, you probably know more about it than they do. All right. And, and that's a very strong, if you'll pardon the slang, head trip. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel confident. But be careful because nobody likes a know-it-all. All right. And by virtue of the fact that they gave birth to that child and they raised that child, they know their child more th- better than you do. You might know math really well, but they know their kid very well. Respect their expertise when it comes to parenting. Respect a parent's expertise when it comes to their child. They know their child better than you do. You don't know everything, but they do know that. Okay, so make it a two-way conversation. You know, you, you've you called the meeting for something, fine. But make sure that you ask them for their input and listen when they give their input. No matter how long it takes them to get it out. Um, because... That way you can learn too. They have, I have, as I grow older, I find I learn more things from people who are (laughs) non-academic. I've learned more life lessons. So you'll, you'll, you can really absorb a lot if you listen. Okay. Two-way conversation and make sure that you plan in advance so that you know exactly what you're going to do at the conference. It's not a free for all where everybody's talking. Yeah. You need an agenda. Okay. Um, and the agenda should be clear. You might even want to just in the beginning of the uh, beginning of the meeting, say, Hey, listen, here's what we're going to do this, this, this. And with that in mind, let's get started. So uh, we'll talk more about that in the next segment. Many years ago, when I was a neophyte to the education profession, I um, participated in a a parent-teacher conference and I had, the student was in my class and he was doing poorly. And I thought, because I was young and I had a lot more confidence than I have now. (laughs) And I, I laid out everything that was going on in the class. The reason we had the meeting was because of his behavior. I laid out everything. I I had his grades. I had my lesson plans. I had progress reports. I had everything. And so that poor woman sat there and listened to me while I talked about her son on and on and on. And then I smiled and I said, now, what can what can we do to turn this around and to make things better? And she looked at me and she said, well, first, you can say something nice about my son because it's clear that you don't like him. I wanted to go through the floor. I was so embarrassed. There were other professionals in the room as well. And that was a mistake I only made once. Begin your meeting with something nice about the child, about the student. Say something nice. Prepare it in advance. Put it in your notes if you can. And and sometimes I, I know... If it's a behavioral conference where you're meeting to discuss the future of, of the student's behavior in the building, you're, you've got a lot of emotion built up, etc. But think in advance. What can you say that is nice about a student who is the love child of Satan and Beelzebub or what? I don't know. But <laughs> you, you got to think of something nice. And you can always, you know what? You can always think of something nice to say if you think about it. If you, if you work hard enough. For example, I could have said... 
I could have said, your son has perfect attendance. He's always on time and always in school. And that's a credit to you and your family. Because I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but students who misbehave all the time are never absent. You ever notice that? The kids who act up and run around the room and <laughs> and give you the most uh, challenge for bang for your buck or whatever, they are never absent. They, they have perfect attendance. I could have said that. I could have said, he always looks so nice. You really dress him well. I could have said that. <laughs> or he's got a great sense of humor because kids who misbehave usually do. <laughs> so so you just think think carefully what can you say that is a nice comment to start off the meeting? And the comment should actually compliment the uh, parent. If you're interested in further research about this, I've done quite a bit and I'm going to share that with you and I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes. Um, the Harvard Family Research Project is a publication that comes out periodically and it has wonderful information for parents, teachers and administrators on how to build uh, liaisons in the community. Um, so that teachers and, and parents are working together. And that's always, it's, it's really a, quite a nice resource. And it also gives ideas of things to do, things to talk about, etc. And they And it has a tip sheet for parents on how to uh, conduct themselves when they're at a conference with you, which you might find interesting as well. It's a nice resource. I'm also looking at com- Common Sense Education, which is www commonsense.org forward slash education and I uh, I like it because I agree with a lot of the things that are on here it's only one sheet but it's it it's important that you um, before you have a conference before you bring somebody in before you change their schedule and tell them they have to come into the building make sure that you have sent out warnings if there's if the meeting is about grades or something like that you really do before you have bring their body into the building Make sure that you've sent an email saying, I'm really concerned about his or her essay, or I'm really concerned about his. Make sure that you have done the groundwork. You've laid the groundwork so that when they do come in, make sure that you've you've done everything that you're supposed to have done beforehand. And that the parent meeting is kind of, it's not a last resort, but it's the pinnacle. Okay. With And that being said, kind of important too that you make a list of things that you've done to alleviate the problem okay so that when you when you start listing well he he's late all the time so I make sure that I um, try to get him uh, back up to speed with the class when he comes in or I uh, he doesn't do his homework so I make sure that I start the homework with him before school is over things like that so make sure that you, what did you do? Because sitting there on the other side of it, you're, you're, you, you feel bad enough as the parent. And I can speak from experience that way too. As the parent, when, when a teacher is sitting there telling you the, the things that are disappointing that your child has done, you feel a little uh, uncomfortable. Because I don't care who you are, where you're from, or how much education you have. When it comes to your child, you take it personally. 
And that's just because you're a human being. So as a teacher, be careful about the a parent's feelings. Because if you want him or her to work with you, then they have to feel that you're on their side too. And not just there to beat up on their, their child. Figuratively, of course. Now, um, this is, I'm, I'm reading from uh, scholastic.com. The Scholastic website is a wealth of information, and they have um, a really nice short uh, list of do's and don'ts for the parent conference. And I like the one where they, it says here, do lay the groundwork for a friendly partnership by telling the teacher how excited you are that your child is in her class. I like that. (laughs) Tell the parent or guardian how excited you are. Oh my goodness, your daughter is a beautiful artist. She, she really makes beautiful artwork and, and I'm really excited about having her in my class because I need my bulletin boards done or um, we're going to do some projects that we're really going to need somebody who knows how to make things beautiful. It's great. You know, as much as possible, your aim is cooperation and a smile. And, and with that in mind, with that in mind, you can discuss your expectations after you have laid some nice positive groundwork. I strongly suggest also that uh, you set up a, if your school doesn't set one up for you, you set up a website. The website can, again, for your students and for you, just with your, maybe the homework every week or uh, your expectations for example, you could say next Monday, I'd like for everybody to bring a black magic marker or something. I don't know. But that way it'd be on the website and where uh, you might not have the time every day to send emails home or whatever. The website will always be updated and they can just go there and find out what's going on in your class. And that will give you something to do during the parent conference. You can open up your computer and say, this is my website. I've shown your daughter how to use it. Everybody in the class knows. Um, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but here's what I have. Okay. That's kind of, it's not, it's not required, but in the 21st century, it's not that big of a deal to have a website anymore. And it's free. There's so many platforms that are free and you can just set it up and um, it'll work for you. It'll work. One of my favorite websites is www.tolerance.org. That's www.tolerance.org. And it was developed by a woman named Marsha, I'm sorry, Michelle Marsh Garcia. There's a list here of do's and don'ts of effective communication with parents. And I've marked some of the things that I think are important. Number one on this list that I absolutely couldn't agree with more. Get yourself a translator if the parent has difficulty with English or if English is not their first language. All right. And they, and, and you know, you might have difficulty. It's easy to find out. You can ask the social worker or you can actually ask, ask your child, but it's the school's responsibility to provide a translator for parent conferences so that, so that mom and dad can understand what you're trying to say to them. Should the student be the translator? Answer, no. (laughs) The student has a vested interest in making sure that things work out in his or her favor. So that's not what 
that's not what you want. It should not be the student translating for you. It should not be the student's uh, maybe year or older brother or sister. I mean, if the student has adult um, siblings, that's fine. But get yourself a, a, tra- um, a translator who is, uh, if you can, not connected to the family because then you'll get objective translations okay um and and don't assume that any bilingual adult can translate as long as they speak that language not necessarily because they might be bilingual conversationally but they might not understand some of the terminology that you're going to use educational words that are unique to educators (laughs) So um, it's the school's responsibility in a public school. There's no excuse for not having a translator. Um, You want to make sure that uh, everybody is on the same page and you understand each other. Um, Acknowledge the, and I said this in in the last segment, but it's so very important that uh, teachers don't always take into account. The average person is not a teacher. In fact, the average person is not even a college graduate. Okay, only 30% of Americans even have a bachelor's degree. Most people work real jobs. They deliver the mail. They fix our cars. They build the building that you're sitting in. I mean, they, we need them and they need us. I said this in past uh, episodes. So it's safe to assume that some of your parents did not have that great of an experience in grade school. Think about that for a second. Maybe... There might be parents uh, of the children in your class who did not go to college or did not go to trade school or just dropped out because school was so excruciatingly hard for them. Now they've given birth to to children of their own and they have to come back in the building and deal with teachers. Think about it. And you might become a composite of all the bad teachers that they've ever had or every teacher that, that told them they would not amount to anything. Everybody hasn't had a good experience in school. With that in mind, you want to make sure that the parents that you deal with understand your motive and what you want from their child and that you believe in their child. If you don't believe in their child, please don't have the conference at all because you're, you're part of the problem. <laughs> but if you believe in education and you believe that all children can learn, that mom and dad need to see that, see it from you and hear it from you from the beginning. What do I mean when I say see it from you? Your body language needs to be affirming. Your language needs to have more positive adjectives than negative. To be honest, I don't think you should have any negative adjectives, but that's just my opinion. Very, very important. There is also um, a possibility that you will have a member from a parent liaison, um, a parent uh, advocate organization. And that's fine. Some parents have difficulty expressing themselves. And so the state, some states have a parent advocate network where they can call and uh, a parent will come and be able to ask the questions that need to be asked. Usually you'll see that in situations where this, with exceptional children, that a parent will show up and say, okay, I know a whole lot about learning disabilities and I'm just here to support this parent. So um, if that happens, don't be uh, intimidated or offended. They just happen to be there to make sure that the uh, parent or guardian understands everything that you're going to say and everything that they're going to hear. All right. They're not there to evaluate you. It's not about you. Another thing from teachingtolerance.org. Please, please, teachers, don't use 
acronyms. If you're going, if you must use an acronym, only do so after you've explained what that acronym is. That is annoying. I, I've sat in so many meetings um, for special education where the uh, learning the learning consultants is oh well, yeah well I um, I called her LDTC and uh, we gave her the whisk and uh, we put her in the LRE and we classified her SLD and and the parent is looking like what's going on here and and there's no effort to spell it out because they're intimidated. Nobody likes to admit when they don't know something. So you hear you hear this woman who's got a bachelor's degree and is wearing nice shoes and she's spouting out adject I mean sorry, acronyms and I don't know what she's talking about but I don't want to feel stupid. That's that's how you establish um uh, bad relations with parents. Please make make every effort to be as clear as possible. The 75 cent words won't impress anyone. They already know you have a degree. <laughs> they already know you're smart. You don't need to use a whole lot of big words. Just keep it simple, okay? And it seems as though everybody agrees with me about starting the meeting on a positive note. You can't go wrong with that. Scholastic we've covered. Oh, wonderful. Now, here's another website that might help you. If you're not familiar with it, you should get yourself familiar with it. It's called teachhub.com, T-E-A-C-H-H-U-B.com. Um, and for this topic, forward slash parent teacher communication tips. Okay. Make sure there. No, I, I just, I'm not going to, I haven't with any of these been reading the whole document, just picking out some of the things that I think are important. Um, and one of those things is communicate high expectations. I would say this is especially important in urban areas or in areas. Maybe they're suburban, but they have a lot of uh, people who are non-white. It is already assumed by a lot of people that all these kids can't, you know, they don't speak English, so they can't understand. No, your expectations need to be, be high for them, as high as you would have for anyone else. And your language and the things that you say and your assignments should reflect that to reflect the fact that you expect them to learn. Okay. I suggest also that uh, you, and this is, this is really, uh, this is from teachhub.com. Use a lot of tools to communicate and until you find the one that works best for the parent, not for you, for the parent. Okay. So let's say uh, you keep calling the parent's phone. Nobody ever answers the phone. That's not for, that's not a time for you to go to the faculty lounge and say, I call her. She never calls back. She doesn't care. That's not true. Maybe you should try texting. Maybe that parent is deaf and does nothing but text. <laughs> OK, maybe email is a better uh, medium. Ask them. Why don't you ask? But don't assume that just because you use a certain medium for communication and, it, and you weren't you didn't get a response that the student doesn't care. That's just ridiculous. It's not, it's not true. And, and someone else who has that opinion, if they come to you and you're new to the building and, and they want you to believe that, think for yourself. Uh, because it's, it's not fair to any of the parties involved. Finally, I have um, some information on a website called ThoughtCo. I think I've used this before in previous episodes, www.thoughtco.com. 
T-H-O-U-G-H-T-C-O.com. And it has uh, some ideas for parent conferences. And uh, at the risk of repeating myself, um, so many of these are, are things that I've already said, but this one isn't. It says, give the parents homework. Now, I'll, tell, I'll say this. I wouldn't use the word homework if I were you. <laughs> but think, it says, and I'm reading now, think of two to three customized tasks that parents can do at home to help their child learn this school year. It may not always happen as you hope, but it's worth a shot. Okay? So when at the end of the meeting, instead, I, again, I wouldn't say I have homework for you. Nobody wants to hear that. But I would say... I, I need you to work with me on something. If you don't mind, would you just insist that he read out loud to you at least one or two paragraphs every evening? Or I need you to just, if you could just put your initials on his homework. So, you know, things like that. That's what I mean by homework. I'm asking you to get involved. If you see any improvement, let me know. I want to hear about it. How about that? So there's there's lots of uh, lots of things to do. Um, I I like to be I like to be positive. I don't I really don't want to talk about don'ts that much, but um, these are kind of important from ThoughtCo, and I I thought I'd share them with you. Uh, and I as a as a supervisor of student teachers, I go in and I go uh, school districts, um, classrooms all over, and sometimes classrooms are a mess. If you're going to bring a parent in whose tax dollars are paying your salary and paying for that school building, clean up first. All right. At least, at least try to sweep up, make sure the books are all put away, make sure that the workstations are clear because again, you, you don't have to have a PhD to see a disorganized environment and what it looks like. I mean, you might know where everything is and, and what everything's purpose is, but a person coming in from the street is going to look at it and say, you don't know what you're doing because the room is a mess. Straighten up your room. Okay. This one I thought was interesting that they put, don't get emotional. Um, you're teaching as best you can, as hard as you can. <laughs> but um, if, they, if that student isn't getting it, don't take it personally. All right. And, and definitely don't let don't let the people who's who are raising those that kids see you get emotional because that's not professional. Sorry. I mean, you, you are a human being. You have a right to be a human being. But if you're trying to establish communication that's positive, try to get yourself under control before the meeting. OK. And you know who you are. Stick to the topic. Stick to the topic. Don't get off topic talking about your own children or anything like that. You just want to stay right on there. Make sure you stick to your agenda. All right. So what's the agenda? Stay tuned. Agenda. Make the introductions. That's the first thing. Make sure you know everyone's name. I, although we live in the 21st century in which people are more and more informal, I would suggest that until you are invited to use a parent's first name, 
then you use that parent's last name. So even if the mom and the dad or the mom and the mom and the parents or whoever, they even if they're 18 years old and their son is five, they are still Mr. Smith and Mr. Jones. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) they are uh, because because they are the parent and because the child has to call you by Mr. or Mrs. So fair is fair. Unless unless you are invited, no, please call me Jane. Fine. But not not just because you're both adults. Don't assume that. Education is weird that way. Teachers like to be called Mr. you know, by their last name, their formal title, and often so do parents. And it's just a respect issue. Okay? So you've made your re- you made your introductions, you've established the point of the meeting. Okay, and if it's a if it's a meeting in which there's a behavior issue or something or bad grades, you want to you want to make it a positive package it in a positive way. We're here to discuss Herman's behavior in class and how we can make it even better. Or we're here to map out some strategies for Herman's success. Okay, so so you want to package it so that it's nice. You're going to make yourself a positive sandwich and eat it for the whole meeting. (laughs) Okay. Now, second part of the agenda, the meat and potatoes. Lay out the problem and, and lay it out as a challenge for us. Here's, here's what we've been trying to figure out. We're, this is a puzzle we're trying to solve. And then lay it out or, and it might, might not be a problem. It might be, we think that your daughter is capable of a lot more than this class offers. And we'd like her to challenge herself in a different class, <laughs> right? So and it's a challenge no matter what. But map it out as, as positively as you can, as positively as you can. And um, finally, the third thing, ask the parents if they, for their input. What do you think of this? Is there anything I should be doing? Yeah, you got to be a grown up to ask that question. Is there anything I should be doing? You'll be surprised at what you find out. And um, as I said before, give them homework but don't call it homework. (laughs) Tell them how they can work with you. It's been my experience that most people want the best for their child. They just don't know what to do about it. I'll say that again because it's important. Most people want the best for their child. They just don't know what to do. You know, and especially if they've had a bad experience in school themselves. They don't know how to make life great in school for their child they don't know what to do unless you tell them don't assume that people know things there's no such thing as common sense (laughs) it's not common at all here are some tools that i'll end up with i've given you commonsense.org there's an app that you can download from that website called remind and um, if you can get uh, uh, parents um, cell phone numbers you can send them text messages through remind and the um, platform will not give away your cell number which is nice parent square uh, has uh, it's it's an app that you can download from commonsense.org which has activities for parental involvement which you might be able to use and um I've never, this is another one I've never seen before, but I'll, I'll share it with you. It's called Seesaw, the Learning Journal. And that's also from commonsense.org. Um, and it is, uh, it gives you like a port, uh, you can set up portfolios and um, compare things that you did that worked and things that you did that didn't work. And you can also uh, package it so that you can share with parents at, meeting, at meetings 
for better clarification. I hope this episode has been helpful to you, giving you something to think about. Everything has changed, but some things are just eternal. Be positive. Say something positive. Use use positive adjectives. Believe in your ability to make a difference because you do have that. And don't let anyone take it away. Bye-bye.